Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Let's Get Loud podcast. This is a with a special guest, Linda Stafford, everyone. Hello, Alicia. Can you see me? I can see you. Because it's saying, um, leave meeting. This meeting is being recorded. Yeah, okay. It's just telling you that it's being recorded so that you know that you're being recorded. Okay, but I can't see you. Oh, I don't know what to tell you. It just turned me off. Oh, got it. I see now. <laughs> got it. Like literally it said, got it. And I got it. Okay. Awesome. Um, okay. So you guys have been asking for some extra Linda content. So I put a fun poll out on Instagram, ask Linda anything. And I was actually, the the questions were amazing. Really good questions. Yeah. They were thought provoking. They were not superficial. It was really exciting. So I guess we're just going to dive right in. Okay. So when you were growing up, how did your mama encourage you to be true to you? I guess that is that kind of, was that for you or is that for me? Oh, I thought it was for me. Yes. I don't know. We'll say, let's just go with it. Okay. So uh, I had an amazing mom, but we have to remember I was brought up, I was born in 1959. So I was brought up in the sixties. Parents didn't encourage you to be or do anything. Or how are you feeling? Or do you need some that 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 just didn't exist, guys? I'm I'm sorry, it didn't exist. So, um, how, so how I learned to be true to myself was through my own life experiences. Yeah, for sure. When you were growing up, times were just different. Like adults were doing their adult things, and kids were doing their kid things. Yep, and and rarely did we intersect. And if we did, the parents there was a hierarchy that was very very clear that you never um, stepped over. So and, yeah, yeah, and uh, you probably weren't spending a lot of time talking about your feelings. No, and I had a lot of fears, and I never shared them with my parents. Oh, you held that inside. I did, and they were probably irrational fears. Yes, of course. But as a child, you know, you're growing up, you're learning new things about the world, or you're a little bit scared or. Yeah, okay, just, so it, next question. How do you yeah. feel about the diet culture with raising kids with less resources as we have? Now, wait, before you answer that question, I think it would be important that you just give a brief history of kind of your own uh, experience with weight loss, losing weight, diet culture, all that stuff. Okay, so there was not a lot of social media growing up, right? So honestly, the only influences we had would be through television or uh, magazines. And honestly, no one could afford magazines, like uh, at least in my family, you know, that's not something that really existed. So for me, my influences were what I heard my aunts speaking of or my mother, you know, I observed a lot because I was such a quiet kid. I observed a lot. Now, because my dad had uh, significant heart issues, he was all he was on a diet. And so I got to see that sort of thing. So um, fun story, when my dad was a young man, I think I was around, but I don't remember the story. Um, he, he, he was in the military. And he got a pine needle in his eye when they were camping. Did I ever tell you the story, Alicia? I don't know. Okay. And so he went to the hospital and military hospital and they were like, oh yeah, we'll fix your eyes. And by the way, you're so fat. 
we're keeping you in the hospital. And they kept him for two weeks on a 500 calorie a day diet. You did tell me that. And the reason, not that I'm saying this was they were, they should have done this, but because he was in the military, there was certain, like, he wasn't supposed to be a certain weight, correct? Correct. Okay. So my dad was a really all or nothing guy. So he was either, he was smoking a lot, drinking a lot, eating a lot, or he was like on a diet, eating like food he didn't really like. And my mom, God love her, she supported him the whole time, always having nutritious food. But then he would like snack and do other stuff. Oh, I don't know how she managed that really. So your dad, I feel like you said he was always on a diet, but he was also always overweight. Uh, yeah, mostly. Yeah. Like, so he would, like, it would be like probably a couple of days, maybe a week or two of restriction. And then he would. Okay. So you kind saw, of... you saw as a kid, you saw that. And there was probably a lot of language back then that was like, that's junk. That's bad. For sure. Now, my mom, on the other hand, was always slim her whole life. And I observed her eating habits. She, there was nothing she restricted. And she always took small portions. Yeah. She said, get a little bowl of chips. Yeah. And I was, how can she do that? And my mom, I never even asked her this. And I should have. She always left a little piece of food on her plate every time. And I can't help but think that psychologically, that was her saying, I'm in control. Yeah, there's something there. Okay, so that's like what you observed as a kid. And then yourself, like, tell us a little bit about your own weight loss journey. Like, when do you feel like you started struggling with your relationship with food and or struggling with your weights and or dieting? So as a teenager, I became when I started working at A&W, my first job at 15, I was exposed to foods I hadn't really had access to. We did not eat a lot of junk food in our house. We didn't do takeout or anything. So I began to get a, a little bit of a compulsion about food. And then I remember when I got an office job, I would um, be eating like chocolate bars and stuff early in the morning and I just I went a little bit nuts in my late teens kind of you started to have freedom like it, it was like as soon as you yeah 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 and you know slowly the weight would creep on you know five pounds a year and that sort of thing so like when I got married I was kind of chubby to be honest okay <laughs> good thing we couldn't afford a photographer because and there's not many and then <laughs> And then you and dad, okay, wait, and then you're like in love and then you and dad got even chubbier. Oh my God. We were like the chub, we were so chubby and happy. I remember one time um, Pete's mom came to visit us. We just finished supper and we'd had chicken wings and she was like, oh my God, it was like a pile of carcasses, chicken wing carcasses. And yeah, we were just so in love and like chubby and like we were like 20 years old, right? So we were like eating all the food and yeah, so. Okay, so and then when did you, like at what point did you start dieting? Like, so you got married when you were 20, like had me when you were 22. Do you remember trying to lose weight around the times that you were having pregnancies or was it just kind of later when the, we were older? Yeah, I didn't. So with you, I gained 19 pounds because I was so overweight Yeah, that honestly, you know, yeah. so, oh, I never really thought about dieting until my first 
time I went to Weight Watchers. Okay. But I can't even remember what my thought process was. I was going to say, like, do you remember what made you be like, Kate, I'm joining Weight Watchers? I think when I got um, my job with Envy Liquor and I was starting to be in a position to influence others and I just didn't feel right. I didn't feel I was my best self. Okay. So you start Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers, super restrictive. I didn't accept any social invitations. Bam, I did it. They like loved me. They're like, do you want to be a Weight Watcher leader? And I started down that route for a little bit. And then I backslid. I cannot picture you as a, as a Weight Watcher leader. Oh, because uh, um, sometimes when people are struggling with their weight, you they're they're looking for like empathy, and um, although maybe you would be amazing because you there's some tough love there. I'm definitely a tough love kind of gal for sure, and uh, these excuses and stuff I'm I'm not a big fan of for no. sure, and I myself too I'm I'm like that way with myself so, and so then I did. Weight Watchers a second time uh, also did really well there. Got like featured in their newsletter. Oh, I remember I that. This white suit. Oh, I love that. I so remember much. that. Now, I remember. Yeah. A lot of that journey was actually kind of when I was away. Like, I, yeah. I, like, I remember that was like when I was in university, when I was living in England. So like, I didn't super ex- watch that part of your journey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, There's a lot about Weight Watchers I did like, like there, you know, it's certainly the way the program is, it, it let you can be very successful with the program, uh, for sure. But uh, then when you were doing your way weight loss, and... Was it around the time that my mom died that I got like, I just like, and I retired that same year. I just kind of needed, I, I, I just needed to not even think about stuff like that. You know, well, I'd have- I think over the years, you've pretty much maintained your weight loss plus or minus like, you know, maybe 10, 15 pounds and then you'll get there and then you'll do this, which is, that's what maintenance actually looks like. It is. But Alicia, just when you were doing your weight loss journey, I had, I was up around 26 pounds above what I feel is a comfortable weight for me, which Mm -hmm. is not a, it's not a super slim weight. It's a, I think very reasonable weight. Um, And it's a weight that you can have the lifestyle that you still want and feel comfortable in your skin. Yeah. But definitely the exposure to your weight, weight loss encouraged me to um like start that journey and honestly your way was the first program that ever talked about mindset and you learn from others by being part of the program too right yeah and then just that community feeling and stuff um okay so when you are um looking to let's say rein things in so let's say you know you were you're up a little bit i think just recently you and i both felt the same way at easter time a little bit stuffed sausagey And so what were the things that you implemented? Because I know you're feeling a lot better in your skin right now. So how did you, what what were the kind of things you did? So I definitely took a look at my alcohol intake because on, like I had just come from Costa Rica just prior to Easter. And let me tell you, that was a lot of uh, sweet, lovely tropical 
drinks with fresh mango and I'm definitely not going to bl blame the mango though. Um, and just a lot of chippies by the pool because I, for me, when I have drinks, I get really quite snacky and like, I don't want a vegetable snacky. I want something salty and crunchy. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what was the question? Raining in the drinks. What did you do to? Yeah. So I definitely um, decided when things were worth it with alcohol. Uh, and honestly, uh, when I consume a lot of alcohol, it really messes with my sleep. And I already have dysregulated sleep. So that is not my friend, my okay. friend. So I've done on that. Um I definitely had to talk to myself because I do have rest dysregulated sleep in the middle of the night when you want a little bit of comfort. That was something I was gravitating towards. And that's something that I've chosen not to do any longer. Right. Um, I had a journal uh, and I weighed myself every day. I've never done that in my whole entire life. Really? Never. I never did that. I was a once a week person. Okay. Well, phases, um, months would go at a time so I I was worried that it was going to give me maybe some negative thoughts and on a couple occasions it did but honestly it's been a really good learning for me it really um I also love the daily weigh-ins if you can separate the drama because it also shows you kind of the trend of your body. It, it can like, I know because I weigh myself every day that I go up one to two pounds, like the day before my period. And so having yeah. that knowledge helps to not have drama. And also I can see how the scale reacts after a really heavy weekend or like it gives you a lot of information. It does. It does. Um, I also started managing like my steps, recording my steps. Um, and I also, my log records my satisfaction of my food satiety. That is huge for me. That is very uh, important to you. Very important to I you. Get a variety. I need tons of flavor. Um, yeah. You know what I discovered recently to snack on because I'm such a little salty savory person those little bags of chips that you can buy the maximum are 160 calories and i get the really spicy ones so uh, lots of those are doing it for me yeah and 170 calories yeah like i was a really good discovery even hickory sticks like because it like takes yeah. a lot to eat no i so love i mean that's the strategy i use all the time is pre-portions you know what i mean and if you would have had a bag of those chips a big bag not a chance you would have eaten 170 calories worth oh my goodness for sure so that's a good that's a good point portion control um i do enjoy a, a huge variety of foods and um lots of flavor which i think makes things a lot more satisfying um and that's like a that's a food value of yours and that's important that you when you're creating your way that you consider your food value so linda's desire to have like variety of food flavor in her food is next level and she will sacrifice time and mental energy for it which is a resource right at the end of the day i'm not willing at this point in my life to dedicate that much resource to that because of other things, right? So it's it's really about balancing when you guys are finding your way. 
It's about balancing not only your food values, but your resources that you have available to make those values happen. And that's literally the juggling act of finding your way. Absolutely. I mean, some people would like watch you in the kitchen and be like, what is she doing? Why is she still cooking? Look at all those dishes, you know, but it it brings you a lot of pleasure as well, though. It does. Today for lunch, I'm making, um, I'm taking slice, I'm going to cook steak in very thin slices. I'm going to put them on Korean sesame leaves with lettuce from my garden with lettuce. And I'm actually thinking of putting them in rice paper with pepper and making some kind of an Asian sauce to dip it in. Sounds amazing and also exhausting. I'm going to have a toast. (laughs) um okay amazing right so how do you stay connected to movement and your goals in retirement um and maybe you can speak to retirement a little bit because I know a lot of our um members or audience who are that's something that comes up I'm retired now I'm sitting I'm at home I you know maybe you can speak to the the shift into retirement I was really really concerned about having acceptance such close accessibility to food I'm not going to lie yeah I was really concerned about that um but um once I made the decision that it was this is my new way of life I just did it I've always been a person if I make a commitment I stick to it and who else should you be loyal to than than yourself you know so it's just simply um a, a matter of saying this is what it is. I guess Jose would call that non-negotiable, right? Like creating new systems and new routines in your new environment. And that's a skill. Adjusting is a skill. And also just not letting it be an excuse at the end of the day, like saying like, this is my situation. I need to figure this out now. Okay. When, as a retired person, you do have more control over your time. Yeah. So I, I'm, and we have to be careful that sometimes we fill our time as a, and that we, that is used as a reason, honestly, to not prioritize ourselves. 100%. And we have to be honest. And why are you doing that? Why are you escaping? I mean, I will fully admit that I would, uh, in the past, I have created social events so I could overindulge. Wow. I was, I was creating that. So, now, you know, friends and I go for walks and we have that social time or we go for a cup of coffee and sure we'll grab maybe a baked good, but honestly, that's, you know, not as often or we'll go thrifting. So things that are not necessarily centered around food or drink. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you share your daughter's abundance mindset about food? Why or why not? Do you think you have an abundance mindset with food? I think I, that's something I still struggle with. Okay. Uh, I know that there are some foods that I cannot control that are not easily pre-portioned and those I don't bring into my home or I do only on special occasions. Okay. Uh, So I think it's something I still am working on, to be honest. And certainly I have that with uh, drinks too. Mm. And, um, especially in social setting, as soon as I'm with, um, a group of people or that are interesting or I'm comfortable with, or then a lot of my, um, inhibitions, yeah, just kind of, you know, go and that might include some food too. Yeah. 
where do you think that stems from? Like, where do you think the scarcity mindset around food? Like, do you think it's from dieting? Do you think it's from literally watching your dad? Like, where do no, you think like, it stems my from? Diet, my dieting was pretty, the other, like, although very kind of regimented, was not highly um, negative in terms of body image and the approach. I think it comes from childhood. It, I think, because I can, my, I, yeah, I think, you, you know, we had, when we got chips, you know, like there used to be ice cream trucks. Yeah. Well, in Montreal growing up, there was a chip truck. What? And it had its own like little ringy sound thing. And it came in a barrel with chips. And I, I mean, that was huge. Like, and I remember just, I couldn't, I was like obsessed by that. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard. And, you know, I, I try and allow my children, you know, I, with me growing up, me feeling like, I feel like I had a scarcity mindset. And so I'm trying to make sure my kids don't by giving them access to everything and allowing them to almost eat past hunger. And, you know, but am I doing the right thing? I don't know, you know, but it, it's so hard to, your relationship with food is so complex. It is. And like, welcome to parenting, because you don't always know that if you're doing the right thing. And as you know, as, as you've experienced, Alicia, we didn't also have a lot of junk food in no. our house. But we had a lot of food and we had a lot of good food. Um, but there was definitely an element, of, you know, we didn't have a lot of processed food, which I don't know. I, exactly. How do you know? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I should have had more processed food in the house when my kids are growing up. Like, you know, it's a bit odd, doesn't it? It, it kind of does. Um, okay. So, um, do you feel like your weight loss is always a topic in your relationship? Um, if we're discussing your way, weight loss, it's usually from a business perspective, like what's new on the horizon. What are you guys doing? Cause I'm really quite fascinated with the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. I, I find that anyone in my life who's a part of your way, weight loss, who is in my life, not because of your way, weight loss, I, I don't speak about it with them is it's, it's, it's such a personal private thing. Um, you know, I have friends, I have coworkers, I have, you know, family members. And if they ever want to speak to me about their journey, I'm always open, but I always respect everyone's boundaries about, you know, their journey and how they want it to be taking, you know? Yeah. You're really, really good about that, Alicia. And, uh, you just do your own thing and you, you know, if people want to model your behavior, great. If they want to do your own thing, then, um, there's no judgment there. No judgment. You do you. Okay. Last question. I saved the best for last. It's about me. What is it like to watch and hear your daughter share her life so publicly? Well, it's kind of fun actually, because, <laughs> um, because we live quite far apart and you're very busy, we don't get to talk a lot. And, but every morning I go on stories, I'm like, Oh, look at the kids had ice cream after their soccer today, or, you know, so <laughs> excuse me, I find it quite fun to be honest. Yeah. I, um, I listen guys, I've been telling Linda that she needs to start her own Instagram account. Well, she has one, but be active on it. Linda has a really exciting life. I don't think it's that interesting. Did you see the, the, um, you probably didn't watch it because you don't watch half the, maybe 70% of the stuff I send you, but it was talking about, um, 
you know, nowadays when we speak to an older person, they're like, here's a picture of when my grandfather was in World War One and he met Churchill. And and then 70 years from now, you're, you guys are going to be like, here's a picture of what I had for breakfast on July 18th. And you'll be like, what the? Very no different. One it's very different. But I find the stuff you share is really, is really fun. And I, you know, I'm really proud of the messaging that you send. I think you inspire people with the way you um, uh, raise your family and your own journey and even your, you know, your beauty counter stuff, how you're navigating that. So I think it's kind of fun. I, I appreciate that support because not everyone, you know, with this, again, it's a different generation and some people would think, you know, some people, a lot of people are still extremely hesitant to share their lives on social media. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I think sometimes some people are confused by how it is that you make a living Yeah, and, 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 and why you would post some of that stuff on there. Like, yeah. Um, who cares about her hair today? But those people are ones that are are not interested in general in social media. And you know, um, I happen to to love it. I I really do. I I find it all very very fascinating. So I I enjoy it. And for me, it allows me to stay connected. Uh, yeah. No, I I love sharing it too. Um, okay. So thank you for coming. This was so fun. I already feel like they're gonna ask us for another one. Well, was it too long? Do you think? No, not at all. Um, okay, wait, though, one thing we didn't get to was kitchen tips from Linda. So maybe we could finish on like your your best, your one best kitchen tip. Kitchen tip? Um, have that written on your page? Oh, I mean, I'm thinking about some organizational stuff, but, you know, you got to keep all your stuff together in the right drawers, you know? How, Guys, like you my should leave her drawers. Pardon me. You should see her drawers. It's there is a you think I won't do systems, you guys. You go to Linda Stafford's house, but I I mean I love it. It's a real treat. First of all, I know you have everything. You have everything, and I know exactly where it is. That must be nice. It's great. And it's like if someone goes, a visitor, where does this go? Oh, if it can cut you, it goes in that drawer. Like if you need to measure it. It goes in that drawer. It just seems logical to me. So I just think it saves time. It does. Honest. It 100% does. So I don't know. I'm going to uh, post actually a new recipe that I have um, just making some uh, cold iced tea. That's really, really delicious. Okay. Are you going to post on the community group? Yeah. This is something you could share on your Instagram and all of your new followers would love it. Okay. I'll do that. So fun. Um, okay, everyone, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it and have a great day. Bye, mom. Thanks. This was fun. Bye, kid. Bye.